I get Mike McCann a lot of times, just Mick, like Mick Can, which I, I kind of like Mick McCann, like. and I was like, it can't be Mick McCann. That that's not mm-hmm. even that doesn't sound correct. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That would be wild. All it's right. just regular old Mike McMahon. Regular old Mike McMahon. Not um, regular. <laughs> deluxe. Okay. Well, now that we have uh, Deluxe Mike, uh, what's up, fandom? My name is Josh, and today we are joined by two very special guests. We have Mike McMahon. Hi. I'm sorry, Deluxe Mike McMahon. It's me. I'm Deluxe, which just means I have lettuce and mayo on me. Anyway, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> and we also have Tawny Newsom. I'm Supreme Tawny Newsom, which means I have sour cream. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Okay. The Supreme is the Taco Bell version of the deluxe, right? Like, yeah. We know these, we find these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> I mean, might as well. Uh, Tawny is, is the Mexican pizza of of this of this show, so congrats. Oh, yeah. I'm honored. Uh, um, and yeah, so we're going to be talking uh, about Star Trek Lower Decks. We're going to be talking about the first six episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, and Mike, you are the creator and uh, one of the writers for Lower Decks. So first off, before we kind of get into it, um, how long have you like been into Star Trek? Like how how was was there was little Mike running around in like a little blue shirt, you know, like throwing up the V, like running around? How how was that? Uh I don't know if I can ever be accused of throwing up the V, but I don't know uh, if anybody's other people ever said out that before. Are. I don't I don't know why I even I think, said I it. I think throwing up the there. V means something unintended, but uh fair. I I've, I've been a Trek I've been a Star Trek fan since I was a kid. It was the first show that bridged what my parents watch and what I watch. Cause I remember, you know, I was, I grew up in the eighties and, and we had one TV and the adults got to choose the, what we were watching. And then I would usually just, you know, kind of like zone it out. And then one day I saw my mom watching TNG and I was like, wait a minute, this is a grown up show I like. And it was kind of like, you know, I would catch episodes whenever I could because they were syndicated and they were running live. And, and which meant that I got a lot of partial sort of Star Trek episodes under my belt. Um, and then after college was when they started coming out on DVD. And that's was that was the first time I was able to actually watch all of TNG, all of Deep Space Nine, all of Voyager. Like I had, I had missed all of Enterprise in college. And I finally like, I kind of completed the circle. You know what I mean? Like I'd always mm-hmm. been a fan and I, but, but I had never been able to watch enough of it to really feel like I had gotten as much as I wanted. And then you know, now with streaming, you can watch everything, which is like crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so I, so since I was a kid, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to conventions. My family was not as nerdy as I was. So like, I see a lot of people going to conventions with their mom and dad and like, they're all dressed up together. And mine were more like, why are you doing that kind of parents? Like, why are you into that kind of stuff? And I was like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I, I'm making fun of it. I, I've been a Trek fan for a really long time, but now having getting to make Lower Decks, like I thought I knew a lot about Star Trek, but man, was there a lot more to learn like while making it too. Yeah, I, I know all about that uh, that struggle. Uh, I had the a bunch of TNG VHSs in those like mm-hmm. silver clan like silver little yeah. boxes um you get two episodes per vhs and it was like oh my gosh but then you there they were all numbered but then there was always inevitably a few vhs's that were missing and it's like yep. hold on Riker yep. had he had he was beardless and now he's got a beard i missed something yeah, something crazy happened um, yeah 
Uh, and Tawny, you play uh, Instant Beckett Mariner. True. Uh, <laughs> I, sh I should have stumped her. I'd be like, uh, you Boimler. No. Um, Wait, what? I do? <laughs> uh, so, Tony, what about your uh, experience with Star Trek? Yeah, it's really similar. My parents were big Trekkies, and so I don't have, like, a memory of the first time it was on that I noticed. It was just always, I feel like it was always on. I don't really know what else other than hanging with Mr. Cooper. My dad really liked that show. Also shout out to Don Lewis once again in our show and <laughs> in that show. Um, yeah, I, it was just the thing that was not a comedy. My, my dad watched a lot of comedies, but it was, it was always on. And, you know, I really, it really crystallized for me around Deep Space Nine because I think I was just finally old enough to like understand it a little more. Mm -hmm. Those early seasons of TNG, I did have to go back and rewatch once they were on streaming. Cause I was like, if I watched these, I was a tiny child and I don't remember them at all. Um, so like Mike, I kind of completed the circuit once everything was streaming. But yeah, Deep Space Nine, I remember like watching and comprehending. I must have been in middle school or maybe a little younger. And uh, yeah, like uh, having conversations with my dad and my stepmom about like what was going on and about how they reflected, you know, kind of the, they were kind of the experts at doing the thing that like law and order does now which is like take the 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 news stories and put it in their universe a little bit like they, they were doing that through a sci-fi lens that i probably helped me process a lot about war and you know the military and stuff in a way that was yeah just in enough of a removed way that it was easier to talk about as a family um so i think that's why deep space nine has always stayed really important to me because i was able to understand it my brain was better formed by then that's really interesting because i mean mine was it was very much like for me it was i was the star trek fan and then my parents were like they were doing other stuff and so like i yeah. didn't get to have that you know kind of like influence so i that i'm i'm actually really envious of you that's that's a that sounds really it's cool uh, except and my mom is so combative with her fandom um <laughs> she's very stressful <laughs> she's obsessed with enterprise and i did not watch enterprise until a couple of years ago because like mike i was in college and just i just missed it and she that's her favorite series she's seen it all the way through i think four or five times and when i don't immediately remember something from enterprise she gets very frustrated with me and i'm like I, enterprise doesn't have the like death grip on my heart that it does on yours mom we're different people I, mean, I like it, Enterprise. Catching Enterprise up on Enterprise was had a dog. Had when I first moved to LA, I was like so miserable when I first moved to LA and I was doing all these super low level lower decker jobs. And that's when I watched Enterprise. So it like kind of got me through, you know, having to do like tons of PA delivery work and stuff like that. So I have a soft spot for Enterprise. Um, so this season, a lot of really fun episodes just through the first six episodes that we've had this season. Um, let's see, like we, we did a, a nice little, we went to Bozeman, Montana, had a really cool first contact episode. That was really fun. Um, there was Klingon D and D, uh, we went to, uh, DS9 in episode six, so that that's super fun. And one of my favorites, uh, probably the most exotic location that you guys have uh, been to, uh, a job fair. So like all kinds <laughs> of craziness uh, this season. Um, what have been some of your favorite moments uh, from season three? Gotta be Deep Space Nine. Um, episode seven is wild. I won't say anything else. It's so wild. <laughs> it is wild. Mike, yeah. will you yeah. say what you, what you answered when I texted you about it? Will you say what you said to me? 
Uh, wait, what did I say? That was recent, wasn't it? Yeah, I texted you when I finally watched a cut and you said, I go, I love it so much. It's so wild. And you go, no one asked for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. It was like a, episode seven is definitely like, it's a great Lower Decks episode, but it's also like really just to make us laugh. Like that one's for us. The yeah. other ones we want you guys to laugh. This one is just ludicrous. It's like um, a different show. I, I love it so much. Like there, I, there's, I, there was part of me, was, sorry, like there was part of me that was like, yeah, yeah. should I wait until episode seven? Just cause I'm right there with you. Like I love episode seven. It's ridiculous. And yeah. like, there's a hook. And I was like, I wasn't expecting hook. And I was like, well done. It was, it was, a, I, I was thoroughly enthralled with that episode, like from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like getting to do an adult animated show, the word adult doesn't mean, you know, we can swear and we can do like minor nudity. Like we can do like covered up implied nudity and we can tell complex stories, but it also just means that like we can break our own format every once in a while. And every season I like to do something that's like, the trial episode or episode seven this season, or like the episode where they're in all of the different holodeck training programs in season two, where like, or three ships even, you know, wage douche, mm -hmm. you know, setting like very quickly what the format of our show is like, that it's like, oh, it's like the A story and B stories are reversed from TNG. But then also that you never know what you're gonna get. Like, I really like that. Like, I like surprising you guys. And, and I think we all do. Uh, so the way this season kind of starts is we we kind of we have uh, the blowback from the season two finale with uh, Captain Freeman getting arrested. That's resolved at the end of episode one of season three. Was there talk of maybe extending that out a little bit and maybe having like an interim captain kind of the way? No, it was always like she's going to be back. Boom, boom. It was I mean, partially it was a, it was designed to be like a TNG two part. You know, like if if you end a season of TNG on a cliffhanger, you don't then spend four episodes dealing with that. You know what I mean? Like you resolve that, you know, like I, you I end an episode I mean, on you, you go to you fire, go to, you go to a you you fire and then, you know, you resolve it. And then the next episode you're on the you're on the plantation for a little bit doing wine stuff. I don't know if Picard lived on a plantation. Um, <laughs> Is it a wine plantation? I, I don't know what a wine. I, think I don't it's know a what vineyard. Wine, a vineyard. I don't know if they Vineyard's have plantations anymore. I don't know. I, uh, I'm maybe in the middle of the universe. I want pl plantation <laughs> Picard. Plantation Picard, Picard wine. Absolutely, the Picard plantation. Mirror universe Picard's plantation. <laughs> uh, oh God. No, I think that for me, like, look, we wanted to get, we wanted to resolve it, and we wanted to kick off our season in a way that like we like telling mostly standalone episodes that happen to have some serialized elements to it. But like the feel of the show is that you get a beginning, middle and end each episode and you get multiple stories each time. So if we were trying to service, you know, a kind of feature length, you know, Rurapente escape kind of like Star Trek six sort of storyline with Captain Freeman, which we sort of talked about, that would both break the format of the show, but it would also undermine that the show is about Lower Deckers. And I keep telling the audience over and over, they want to be important, they want to affect change, but sometimes they can't. And it's yeah. like when Shax came back from being dead, is like, we want to see things that have happened in Star Trek, but from the perspective of the people that aren't being told what's going down. 
Yeah, we're not getting the full mission brief. I I love that it's just like this whole episode is such an epic adventure. I love episode one of season three so much for that reason. I feel like I'm watching First Contact again. It's like, it's got a mission and you're really with them and you really are like, okay, they're doing it and you believe it. And then for the bridge officers to just come in and be like, no, you guys are idiots and we, we fixed it a normal way is so yeah. funny to me. And they fixed it in a way that was an episode that people were actually wanting to see. Like <laughs> yeah. that your our audience is are the lower deckers at that point where they're yeah. like, we're only seeing like still images from this big, amazing yeah, you know, it'd be like episode for the, guest stars. And yeah. yeah, we're seeing the still images from like measure of a man, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, wait, wait, that's that's the big epic. That's the Emmy contender episode. And we just don't get to. OK, all right. yeah, they just didn't. Yeah, our guys just weren't important enough to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Tawny, Beckett gets a love interest this season in Jennifer. So uh, were you excited when you first kind of started reading, uh, getting that script and seeing that, oh, uh, you know, Beckett and uh, Jennifer are going to be a thing? Yeah, it's always nice to get like love interests of any any type in like whether it's live action or voiceover, mm -hmm. because it tells you more about the character and it gives you more colors to play. And, you know, plopping, taking a person that we've seen for two full seasons and we've seen her in a variety of situations and in a variety of types of relationships and friendships and command relationships. And so in a third season to get like a completely different piece of that puzzle is such a gift. Cause then you're like, Oh, now I get to see, you know, girlfriend version of Mariner and what that does to her and how it shakes her up. Um, I feel like the artists reflected that in uh, an episode that just aired, we see Mariner like blush for the first time. I don't think we ever yeah. saw her blush. That was right? a crazy moment. Like we went over that moment so many times to be like, this has to be a funny moment because you have to be on Mariner's side, but mm. also like you need to be able to tell that she's like a person who is into this, but doesn't like people to know about what she's into. You know what I mean? Which yeah. like uh, feels real to me. That's so much nuance to play. I mean, I always say this for a 22 minute cartoon, that's like so much more nuanced than you get even in live action. You don't get well, moments that are that like rich and layered. And I think it's just because we have like the trust of the audience that we've built over three seasons now, but also just the Star Trek brand gives us license to like be deeper with stuff, even like funny moments. 30 seconds after that moment, there are Klingons who have bat left for arms that are like screaming and with a board snake. So like we do, we did undo it pretty quick, but yeah. No, that's I totally that Mike agree. McMahon touch. That's that Mike McMahon <laughs> touch right there. You um, hold the audience's hand and then we betray that hand almost yep. immediately. You hold the audience's hand and then the audience pulls their hand away and they're like, why is my hand sticky? Oh, you children. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we do, we do get to go to uh, DS9, which uh, when when we kind of got a little bit of the previews that we were gonna be doing DS9, I was pretty psyched for it. Um, what were some of the the things that I, I, I Mike? I know that there's like that there's like the Star Trek Bible that you kind of gotta you know work through. Um, were there any was there anything in this episode that you maybe wanted to explore a little bit more, or were there people uh, or characters that you would have liked to seen or uh, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tony and I are both huge fans of Deep Space Nine, right? And you know, we wanted it to fit in canonically into the timeline which you know that 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 takes Avery Brooks out of this out of the running for because he's you know he's he's goofing around in the celestial temple and he's doing that stuff and it also takes uh it takes a couple of other people away from there I also I, I didn't yeah, want yeah. yeah yeah and I didn't I didn't want to 
you know, I, I keep saying this is like going to a national park. Like we wanted to go and have fun, but we didn't want to change it for the next people who are going there, you know, or for people who, you know, we, we, we wanted it to feel like a Lower Decks episode, but not intrinsically change anything we know specifically about Deep Space Nine. Um, also, like the thing that the really upsetting thing for me is I'm just such a fan of Odo and of Rene Auberginois and, and, you know, his passing really hit me hard and I would have loved to have worked with him. Um, but that being said, like, I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers because I'm not sure when this is going to drop, but the, you know, I think you'll see in the Deep Space Nine episode that like, it's a Lower Decks episode, but at the, at all times, like we're, we're doing a Deep Space Nine episode. Like we're almost like having fun cosplaying, get, getting to be Deep Space Nine writers that fit it into like a 20 something minute episode, you know, and getting to do that and be there and change the tone of the show a little bit and like, you know, utilize some of those characters in that world was like, it, it was a blast. And we also managed to get some really good Lower Decks character stories into that while having fun with it. So we we got to do everything that the timeline allowed us to do. Like at, you know, like it was, I watched What We Left Behind, the documentary, and like was kind of going off of what they were saying another season of Deep Space Nine would kind of start as a little bit. Um, mm -hmm so that it would fit into kind of like, cause I respect those guys and Ira and everybody that like, I wanted to do something that felt like they felt like we were being respectful, but also like even they could have like fun watching it, you know? Nice. Um, so now that you're both uh, in Star Trek, um, is have there been any, uh, exactly, yeah, throwing up the V. Um, no. Um, so now that you guys are both in Star Trek, um, what have been some of your favorite experiences with like the fandom? Or have, has your life changed at all since you've been in Star Trek? Yeah, I mean, these are the best fans in the world. I know everybody says that. Every stupid actor in some big franchise <laughs> says that. And I'm always like, you're lying. You're lying. That fandom is full of racists and assholes and sexists, and they are horrible to you. I just know it. And this, this is the one. This is the fandom that is, like, truly the best and... Yeah, I, I mean, I go to these cons now, now that we're able to do them in person, and it's truly, I had no idea how how much they give me. Like, every person that comes mm -hmm. up is giving me the gift of, like, their joy and the things that they liked, or we just, like, sit there and nerd out about some detail, and it's, like, this incredible gift. These people have paid to come to a thing and to pay to get an autograph, but they're giving me this gift like one at a time. And it's so emotional. I mean, I think I've cried at every con. I'm always like, someone shows me a picture of their cat that passed away <laughs> that they used to watch Lower Decks with. And I'm just like, my cat died too. Like it is a lot. And I, I love it so, so much. It's, it's amazing. I think part of it too, is that we're big fans, obviously of the franchise. So like we're geeking out, like we're in the green room freaking out when like different legacy actors are walking in and then we have to be like oh no wait we make star trek you know and <laughs> there's also i think we've hit this like i didn't expect this but i really like it that we have really young fans and we have people who like watched tos as it aired fans and like i've worked on other animated shows where you occasionally get somebody who's like a little bit older watching it but like these are like like Lower Decks, we talk a mile a minute, we swear, like it's goofy and it's fun, but it is Star Trek, but it's not made for somebody in their 60s necessarily. Like if we, if somebody in their 60s enjoys it or 70s or whatever, then great. But like generationally seeing like at a, at a convention, seeing that like 
we are doing something that's making people smile and laugh and they want to talk about it and celebrate it and that it added to a thing we liked the whole time. Like that's been really exciting. Like seeing a whole family dressed as Lower Deckers, you know, like that's, that's really, really cool. And you, you can only hope for that stuff. You can't design for that. And it's like, just really speaks to like Star Trek fans as a group are so ready to be happy. Like a lot of other fandoms are like, they want to be angry. They want to nitpick and find stuff that's like wrong or like that doesn't belong, you know? And, and our fandom has a little bit of that too, but for the great majority, it's they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. right? Yeah, they're like, I didn't know I wanted this and now I love it. And even some people are like, I've never seen this before. They're like, wow, when I first saw the trailer, I thought I was going to hate that. And I even said online, I was going to hate it. And now I've watched it and it's one of my favorite shows. And I just want to apologize. And I'm yeah. like, when does anybody apologize? Online? I don't. I've gotten a lot of those. I've gotten a lot of those. And like some of them, I'm like, you didn't need to tell me the first part. You could have just come up and been like, I love it now. But what's funny is that normally I hit them back with a, okay, you're forgiven. Here's the thing. Did you yell at us, the actors online about it? Like, did you type in at Tawny Newsom and tell me that you you hated it? Because then I'm mad at you. But if you didn't, if you were just mad and you didn't think you were going to like it and you kept it private and now you're coming up to say you like it, that's fine. And I only had one guy that was like, I think I did tag you in one thing. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. We need like a uh we need like a enterprise themed confessional booth where fans that didn't think they were gonna like lower decks can sit behind yeah. a screen and uh we can say like, okay, uh thank you for admitting your sin. Uh-huh. Go watch three episodes of Enterprise season five, season four, excuse me. Ooh, never mind. Ooh. Oh, my fan card removed. Uh, the Secret Enterprise season five, they only let Star Trek creators watch. There we go, fix that. <laughs> and yeah. uh and uh, then you'll be absolved. But no, our, our our doors are open. You know what I mean? Like we're doing this for us. The thing that I wish more people knew is Lower Decks is a gateway drug to people who who aren't Star Trek fans, but like have never seen any Star Trek. People are always saying, like fans are saying, you won't get Lower Decks unless you've seen a ton of Star Trek. But every day I'm seeing people tweet at me saying, I never understood Star Trek before. My friends forced me to watch it before. I've seen maybe one movie, a part of one movie, but I've watched all of Lower Decks and it's making me go back and watch Star Trek. Now I'm a fan. And we designed it intentionally to do that, you know? And so I I just love seeing the, the classic fans loving us, but like almost even better people that were like, oh, I just started watching Deep Space Nine because I love Lower Decks, is like, wow, your life is going to be different. You're going to have a new thing you love in it. Like, that's awesome. Awesome. Um, last, last question. Um, if you, if there's anybody that's on the fence about watching Lower Decks, what would you say to them? Why don't you like Joy? <laughs> why, why, why? Put that on the box. Put that on the season three. They're like, why don't you like Joy? Why don't you like Joy? I'm sorry that you're sad all the time. Don't, don't be. Come to us. I think... If you're on the fence of watching Lower Decks, I'd say the time commitment to watching a lot of it is really short. (laughs) It's all on Paramount Plus. You don't have to be like me in the 80s where I'm like digging around looking for it. Listen to yourself. We won't take up too much of your time. No, think about it like this. Like to get to season three of TNG, which is where I believe it really starts humming. You know what I mean? Uh Like you have to watch 60. You you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of hours of TV you have to watch. If you are at home and you have Paramount Plus and you just click play on, on Lower Decks and let it run, even if you're not fully invested, I bet you at some point you're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, this is cool. 
that's true. That's true. We won't take up too much of your time. We're all in one little place on your computer. Mm-hmm. You can watch it on the mm-hmm. toilet. What are, what are other mm-hmm. non Highly recommend. Yeah. Highly recommend watching it on the toilet. Yeah. Um, uh, lying naked in your front yard. <laughs> you know, s- other classic. I was going to say you could watch it with the whole family, but I don't know that that's true. I don't know those are the talking. Watch it, with it depends most on of how your old family. the family is. Like if the family's, you know, yeah. like four or five, maybe not. Family's like yeah. 10, 12. That's all right. I don't know. My son, then- saw, my son is eight. And when he saw the first episode, I think he was six or five. And okay. he was like, oh, zombies, too scary. I'll never watch this show again. And now he's eight and he's kind of like, I think I like this show. <laughs> so, too scary. I mean, I know. Listen, if you're on... If you're on the fence about lower decks, that means you're even if you can see the fence that you're on, like, like we get it. Like I'm, I'm, you know, every new Star Trek that comes out is another chance to betray you. Like that's how I've always felt too. And then when you give it a chance, there's that good feeling of like, oh, I've got this new thing that I like. I finally get it. You know, like that's yeah. that's a great way to be a Star Trek fan. It's also just like, it's the after party of Trek, you know, it's like, this is the, this is the goofy little like cast party that you get to come to where we all have all these in jokes. This is the theater kid Trek where we get to like, you know, (laughs) do little parodies and in jokes. And it's like a little club. It's like going to a con. Um, So yeah, it is. Or like hanging out at a bar after a con. Yeah, Yeah. This is the bar after the con come, come to the bar. It's also so like, I feel like it's a miracle that it exists. Like, it is not a cash grab. Nobody demanded that we make this show. It all came from us being huge nerds for it and loving it. And I think that comes through when you watch it. And and I don't think this show could have existed 10 years before now, or maybe even 10 years after now. Like, it's really like a, a needle thread shot in the dark that this even exists. And that makes it feel twice as special. So get off the fucking fence and watch yeah. Lower Decks. Get off the fence because you're gonna want to watch it so that the Strange New Worlds crossover episode makes sense. Otherwise, exactly. you'd be like, "Yeah, who are these? What do you want to do? People? Not get it? Yeah, who, come on. You don't who want are to be these that two people who doesn't get it? Yeah, right. Who are these people talking way too fast and you know, <laughs> lightly objectifying Ethan Peck? Like, come on, who? Are, what's going on? <laughs> I hope it's not lightly. Um, it's but, not light. But good. Good. <laughs> It's pretty, pretty directly. It's heavy handed. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, a big thank you to Paramount Plus for letting us check out the uh, season early and for hooking us up with this awesome interview with Mike and Tani. Um, now, real quick, where can people find you guys social media wise if they want to keep up with you? Mike? Uh, I'm, in, I'm on Twitter at, at Important Science. No, you're not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's my Instagram, which is locked down because it's all photos of my kids eating peanut butter and jelly. I'm on Twitter at, at Mike McMahon TM. Thank uh-huh. you, Tani. Oh, thank God you're my manager. Woo. Yeah, you're welcome. I'll be having 10%, please. Um, <laughs> of the PBNJ. Be, she wants 10% of, my of the tweet. PBNJ. Of, the, of yeah. the PBNJ, actually. Just cut me a corner. Um, I am at Trondy Newman, which is regrettable because people have been calling me Trondy <laughs> out in the wild and I need to change it. So, but also <laughs> if you just type in Tawny Newsome, it'll take you to me. You know where the best place to find us, though, is on the Paramount Plus app in Star Trek wow. Lower Decks. This is season great. three is still airing right now. We're working on season four. Uh-huh. It'll be great. That's the best place to find us. 
Excellent. And we'll put uh, links to everybody's socials in the show notes and a link to Paramount Plus where you can watch Star Trek Lower Decks today. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. Find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom. On Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcasts. All of our episodes available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Audible, YouTube, anywhere that you can download a podcast. We are there. Um, again, thank you both so much for coming on. Thank you. Can we, super fun. Can we download your podcast on Kindle? On Kindle? If, I'm just trying to ask the, a hard-hitting does, question. Does, is, does a Kindle have Audible? I mean, it's Amazon-related. If if you can download know. Audible on your Kindle, then I was just being an yes. idiot. Uh, I'm going to download a, you in Mario We've Kart. got a MySpace account coming up. We've Whoa! Got the, we've got wow. a, uh, you can find our website on GeoCities. My oven uh, has Wi-Fi. Can I get it on there? Yes. Oh, are you can. in the metaverse? That's cool, Tony. Yeah, my oven, my oven, you can t control it from a phone. So maybe I'll just listen to you through my, my oven. My uh, oven's wait, an NFT. How, how does that work? <laughs> this do has been great. Do you put food in there at the beginning of the day? Just like the raw oh, food and then just tell it you want to start? No, wait, are you just asking how an oven works? I, or well, how I'm, the phone... I'm asking how Wi-Fi oven works. <laughs> I don't know how Wi-Fi. Probably Again, has to put like Oklahoma, we don't have the fancy Wi-Fi ovens. I'm yes, sorry please. to be such a coastal elite with my Wi-Fi oven, but yeah, you can preheat it from, you know, Target. <laughs> wow, that's so elite. You're at Target. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Target? No, we have Targets. Uh, uh, All right. Thank you so Again, much, man. It was really nice so talking to you and geeking uh, out. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Uh, so for What's Up Fandom, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. I'm Tony. I'm... Hey, I'm Mike McMahon. And I'm Tony <laughs> Newsom, and we knew what was happening. Exactly. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.